Welcome to Episode 6, Operation Athena 2002-2003. This week we'll be summarizing the third chapter of the Canadian Army in Afghanistan, Volume 1, A Nation Under Fire, 2001-2006 by Sean Maloney, Ph.D. In the intricate dance of geopolitical strategy, Canada finds itself at the crossroads of international commitment in the early 2000s. The chapter unfolds against the backdrop of shifting global landscape where Afghanistan, initially deemed a secondary effort, emerges as a focal point in Canadian military considerations. As the specter of Iraq looms in the background, the narrative weaves through the diplomatic intricacies, military planning, and the delicate balance of power on the Afghan terrain. Amidst the uncertainty, Canada grapples with the questions of leadership and the International Security Assistance Force, or ISAF setting the stage for Operation Athena and its multifaceted engagement in a region seething with ethnic tensions, insurgencies, and a quest for stability. The text takes us behind the scenes of decision-making, revealing the chessboard of international relations where Canada strategically positions itself, from considerations of joining ISAF and Kabul to the inception of the Provincial Reconstruction Teams, or PRTs. This chapter unravels the complexities and dilemmas faced by Canadian planners. The narrative invites readers into the heart of geopolitical maneuvering, offering a nuanced perspective on Canada's role in shaping the destiny of Afghanistan during a pivotal moment in history. My name is James, and I'm the host of Canada and Afghanistan, the podcast. In this chapter, Canada grapples with its role in Afghanistan during the early 2000s, facing challenges in committing to the International Security Assistance Force, initially viewing Afghanistan as a secondary effort. Canada eventually commits a battalion and brigade headquarters to ISAF in 2003. Simultaneously, the shadow of the Iraq conflict influences NATO negotiations, complicating the search for a lead nation for ISAF's higher command. The situation on the ground becomes increasingly urgent as ethnic tensions rise, and power struggles and insurgent activity unfold. This chapter also introduces the concept of provincial reconstruction teams as part of Operation Enduring Freedom, providing insight into Canada's considerations and strategic intent to prevent Afghanistan from becoming a failed state. As Canada navigates diplomatic intricacies, it faces capability gaps in strategic decisions. The country plans to reduce or eliminate other commitments to prioritize its role in Afghanistan. The commitment involves leading ISAF and Kabul for one year, with a deliberate pause to reset the army for future commitments. This chapter marks the beginning of Operation Athena, reflecting Canada's evolving role and strategic intent in the complex landscape of Afghanistan during this period. This chapter details Canada's involvement in Afghanistan and the complexities surrounding the commitment to the International Security Assistance Force and Operation Enduring Freedom. In the early stages of Operation Athena, Canada grappled with the perception of Afghanistan as a secondary effort within the broader context of international operations. The text reveals a pivotal moment when Afghanistan was deemed a stabilization phase or phase four mission. With security challenges and an uncertain future for the International Security Assistance Force. Internally, the prospect of Canada taking the lead in ISAF raised practical challenges. 
given the country's lack of higher-level command and control architecture associated with such responsibilities. The narrative sheds light on the nuanced discussions within Canada's defense and diplomatic circles, where the evolving situation in Afghanistan clashed with the potential for Canadian military commitments elsewhere, notably in Iraq. The chapter underscores the intricacies of national decision-making, showing how planners juggled competing priorities and navigated the delicate dance between potential contributions to both Iraq and Afghanistan. Ultimately, Canada's approach to Afghanistan as a secondary effort reflects the dynamic nature of international relations, where strategic priorities and commitments constantly shift in response to geopolitical developments. As Canada deliberated its involvement in Afghanistan during Operation Athena, the text outlines the intricate process of navigating security challenges within the country. The document highlights the complexities associated with potential contributions, particularly in the face of evolving security dynamics on the ground. The challenge was not only to assess the security situation accurately, but also to align Canadian capabilities with the mission's requirements. Within this context, the discussion sheds light on the internal deliberations about taking the lead in ISAF, recognizing the need for higher-level command and control structures, planning, logistic staff, signal systems, and intelligence processing capability. The absence of these capabilities posed a significant hurdle, prompting considerations of alternative contributions, such as the Kabul Multinational Brigade. The narrative underscores how security challenges influence Canada's strategic decisions emphasizing the intricate balance between national capacity, international commitments, and the evolving landscape of the conflict in Afghanistan. The text delves into Canada's complex strategic considerations as it contemplated potential roles in both Iraq and Afghanistan simultaneously during Operation Athena. In the early stages, the Canadian government had not ruled out committing military forces to Iraq. The document underscores the intricate dance of diplomatic and military planning, indicating that Canada was keeping both options open. This dual-track approach was driven by the need to provide viable alternatives to the Prime Minister, understanding that decisions regarding military deployments were intertwined with the political considerations. The narrative suggests that, at a certain point, Canada was planning potential commitments to both conflicts concurrently, or at least keeping the options open. The dynamics of this strategic juggling act are complex, involving considerations of national interest, diplomatic relations, and the evolving security situations in Iraq and Afghanistan. It reflects the challenging nature of contemporary military planning, where nations must be prepared for various contingencies to maintain flexibility in the face of dynamic geopolitical landscapes. The document sheds light on the internal complexities Canada faced when considering lead status within ISAF in Afghanistan. Taking the lead would require Canada to provide higher-level command and control structure for the international force, which involved planning and logistics staff, signal systems, and intelligence processing capability. These elements were traditionally associated with corps-level or division-level headquarters, which Canada lacked after disbanding the 1st Canadian Division headquarters in the 1990s. The narrative underscores limitations within Canada's military command capabilities, making the option of leading ISAF challenging. Instead, the document suggests that Canada deemed taking Kabul Multinational Brigade more feasible. Given the available brigade headquarters, this internal struggle highlights the intricacies of military planning where a nation's past decisions, such as disbanding certain command structures, can significantly impact its ability to take on specific roles in international missions. It showcases the delicate balance between national capabilities, commitments, and the requirements of complex multinational operations. Ambassador David Wright's announcement, as detailed in the chapter, occurred on February 14, 2003. In the announcement, he conveyed Canada's decision to contribute a battalion and a brigade headquarters 
to the International Security Assistance Force in Kabul during the summer of 2003. This commitment signaled a significant development in Canada's involvement in Afghanistan, marking a shift in its role and participation in international efforts to stabilize the region. The announcement also mentioned Canada's preference for expanding the ISAP mandate beyond Kabul, reflecting the country's strategic considerations and engagement in broader stabilization efforts in Afghanistan. Ambassador David Wright's announcement in February 2003 sets the stage for Canada's contribution to the International Security Assistance Force by signaling a willingness to actively participate in stabilization efforts in Afghanistan. Canada committed to contributing a battalion and a brigade headquarters to ISAF, showcasing its intention to play a key role in, in the international mission. This commitment was notable as it went beyond the Kabul Multinational Brigade, indicating Canada's readiness to extend its involvement to other regions in Afghanistan, recognizing the need for a comprehensive approach to address security challenges. The announcement also reflected the Canadian government's strategic considerations and commitment to preventing Afghanistan from becoming a failed state. By actively participating in ISAF and expressing a preference for expanding the mandate, Canada aimed to contribute to creating a secure environment, supporting reconstruction efforts, and facilitating the establishment of a stable, multi-ethnic representative government. Overall, Ambassador Wright's announcement marked a pivotal moment in Canada's engagement in Afghanistan, outlining its commitment to international security efforts and laying the groundwork for subsequent contributions to ISAF. Ambassador David Wright's announcement in February 2003 revealed the government's nuanced approach amid Iraq-related considerations by demonstrating a flexible and adaptive strategy. At that time, the Canadian government had not ruled out a military commitment to Iraq and the announcement signaled a pragmatic and dynamic approach to international engagements. The government appeared to keep both options open, reflecting the complexity of the geopolitical landscape and the evolving situation in Iraq and Afghanistan. The announcement suggested that the Canadian government, led by Prime Minister Chrétien, was actively considering potential contributions to both conflicts simultaneously. This flexibility allowed for the strategic maneuvering and the pursuit of viable options, aligning with the government's commitment to maintaining influence and agency in international affairs. The nuanced approach acknowledged the uncertainty surrounding the Iraq conflict and Afghanistan's evolving role, emphasizing the importance of having viable options for Canadian forces based on the unfolding geopolitical scenarios. In essence, the government's approach reflected a commitment to adaptability, keeping abreast of changing circumstances to make informed decisions on the interest of national security and global stability. The chapter outlines the emergence of Canada's involvement in Afghanistan, highlighting key points in decision-making processes. In the early stages of Operation Athena, Afghanistan was initially perceived as a secondary effort within the broader spectrum of international operations. The complexities of navigating security challenges and contemplating roles in both Iraq and Afghanistan simultaneously reflect the dynamic nature of Canada's strategic considerations. The narrative delves into the international complexities of Canada considering ISAF lead status, revealing the challenges associated with the lack of readily available higher command structure within the Canadian military. Ambassador David Wright's announcement marks a crucial turning point, setting the stage for Canada's commitment to ISAF and revealing the government's nuanced approach amid Iraq-related considerations. The government's flexible and adaptive strategy as demonstrated in the announcement reflects the complexity of the geopolitical landscape and the evolving situations in Iraq and Afghanistan. The commitment unfolds as Canada actively participates in ISAF, committing a battalion and a brigade headquarters. This commitment goes beyond the Kabul Multinational Brigade 
indicating Canada's readiness to extend involvement in other regions of Afghanistan. The announcement reflects the government's strategic considerations, emphasizing the goal of preventing Afghanistan from becoming a failed state and contributing to the international security efforts. Ambassador Wright's announcement reveals Canada's commitment to adaptability, maintaining influence in international affairs, by keeping options open amid the uncertainty of the Iraq conflict and Afghanistan's evolving role. Overall, the chapter underscores Canada's intricate planning, strategic maneuvering, and commitment to playing a significant and adaptive role in the stabilization and reconstruction of Afghanistan. Canada strategically sought NATO partners to lead the International Security Assistance Force by recognizing its own limitations and actively engaging with other NATO member countries. In the early stages of planning, Canada aimed to secure a lead nation from Germany, the Netherlands, Italy, or Spain for the higher ISAF headquarters, while Canada would handle the Kabul Multinational Brigade and contribute one of the battle groups. This strategic approach stemmed from Canada's recognition that it lacked certain enablers associated with higher command such as medium-lift helicopters, close air support, strategic communications, and theater-level intelligence capabilities. The strategy involved diplomatic efforts to persuade other NATO members to accept command responsibilities for ISAF, allowing Canada to focus on specific areas where it could contribute effectively. However, this process encountered challenges. Italy expressed interest but deferred leadership to the future, while the French were unsupportive due to historical objections to NATO's out-of-area operations and concerns about being seen as an occupying force in Afghanistan. Germany and the Netherlands were supportive but intended to retain control of ISAF until 2006 if necessary. The strategic pursuit of lead nations reflected Canada's pragmatic approach to coalition building within NATO, recognizing the importance of collaboration in achieving shared objectives in Afghanistan. Canada faced challenges from nations hesitant to commit forces to the International Security Assistance Force in Afghanistan. During the planning stages, Canada encountered reluctance from several NATO member countries to contribute troops or take leadership roles. For instance, Spain was considering lead status but had reservations about the provincial reconstruction teams and the need for ISAF expansion throughout Afghanistan. Italy supported NATO ISAF but was cautious due to its commitments in Kosovo. France strategically opposed to NATO's out-of-area operations, was unsupportive and reluctant to extend ISAF beyond Kabul due to security concerns. The challenges stem from varying national priorities, strategic perspectives, and concerns about the nature of the mission, reflecting the complex dynamics within the NATO alliance. The hesitation of some nations to commit forces highlighted the evolving landscape of international security and the changing dynamics within NATO. Factors such as defense budgets, overextension of forces, and differing strategic priorities influenced countries' decisions to contribute to overseas troop commitments. This presented the challenge for Canada, which sought to build a coalition and secure commitments for ISAF while grappling with their own limitations and commitments to other operations. Navigating these challenges required diplomatic efforts, negotiation, and a strategic reassessment of Canada's contributions to the evolving mission in Afghanistan. The influence of Iraq on Canadian planning persisted as a significant factor throughout the deliberations on Canada's contribution to the international missions, particularly in Afghanistan. The decision-making process unfolded against the backdrop of the Iraq conflict, and the Canadian government was grappling with the question of potential military commitment to both Iraq and Afghanistan simultaneously. The Iraq liaison team's report indicated 
that Canada was considering a military contribution to Iraq, envisioning the conceptual structure of the Canadian Joint Task Force Southwest Asia Battalion. The planning assumed that Canada would not participate in Phase 3 operations, ground combat in Iraq, maintaining operation enduring freedom operations with existing assets, including the Maritime Interception Force in the Indian Ocean. However, complex nature of commitments emerged as a challenge. The report highlighted that it was unlikely that the Canadian forces can contribute to Iraq Phase 4 because of the upcoming ISAF commitment. This reflected the intricate balance Canada was attempting to strike between various commitments, considering the operational and strategic constraints of being engaged in both Iraq and Afghanistan simultaneously. Eventually, on March 25, 2003, the government of Canada decided not to participate in the Iraq conflict signaling a resolution to the persistent considerations and affirming a strategic shift towards a more focused commitment to Afghanistan. The dynamics of the Iraq situation continued to influence discussions, but gradually took a back seat as Canada solidified its strategic intent in Afghanistan under Operation Athena. In the early 2000s, Canada found itself navigating complex considerations regarding its role in Iraq, from military commitments to post-conflict contributions. The planning staffs grappled with the possibility of Canadian military commitment to Iraq while concurrently engaging in an evolving situation in Afghanistan. The Iraq liaison team worked on conceptualizing the structure of a Canadian Joint Task Force Southwest Asia Battalion with specific assumptions, including avoiding participation in Phase 3 ground combat operations and maintaining existing operation enduring freedom operations. Despite the planning, the challenge lay in the practicality of contributing forces to Iraq's Phase 4 operations. The Iraq liaison team emphasized that due to the upcoming ISAF commitment in Afghanistan, it was unlikely that the Canadian forces could contribute to Iraq's Phase 4. Instead, the recommendation was for Canadian entities, particularly the Canadian International Development Agency, or the CIDA, to focus on non-military contributions such as governance capabilities, humanitarian assistance, financial support for reconstruction, and rehabilitation of civil infrastructure in Iraq. This strategic consideration reflected Canada's nuanced approach, acknowledging the limitations of simultaneous military engagements and emphasizing a multifaceted contribution to post-conflict stabilization and reconstruction efforts in Iraq. Ultimately, Canada's decision on March 25, 2003 not to participate in the Iraq conflict signaled a resolution to these considerations allowing the nation to concentrate on its efforts on the evolving situation in Afghanistan under Operation Athena. The emergence of provincial reconstruction teams was a significant development born out of the planning for Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan. In the early 2000s, the OEF planners identified certain provinces in Afghanistan as potential sanctuary areas requiring a constant presence to deny the expansion of instability. Recognizing that there were not enough OEF forces to address this need and that ISAF expansion might not be a viable solution, the concept of Joint Regional Teams, or JRT, was conceived. These teams are designed to work alongside Afghan militia forces at the provincial level, focusing on removing the causes of instability, enabling Afghan institutions, promoting better ties between remote areas and the central government in Kabul. By early 2003, the JRTs evolved into what became known as the Provincial Reconstruction Teams, or PRTs. These teams had a broader role, assisting in removing the causes of instability by extending the authority of central government, establishing stability and security, and enabling reconstruction. Comprising representatives from various organizations, including USAID, UNAMA, non-governmental organizations, and security sector integration personnel, 
PRTs aim to engage local Afghan leadership, displace militias with organized security forces, and address reconstruction needs systematically. The success of the test PRT in Gardez and subsequent PRTs in Bamiyan and Kanduz highlighted the potential of this approach. The PRT concept was a dynamic response to the unique challenges in different provinces, emphasizing a comprehensive and localized strategy for stabilization, development, and security in Afghanistan. PRTs were established with specific aims to address the complex challenges in Afghanistan. The primary objectives of PRTs included removing the cause of instabilities. PRTs were tasked with identifying and addressing the root causes of instability in specific provinces. This involved working alongside local Afghan leadership to understand and mitigate factors contributing to unrest, such as ethnic tensions, power struggles, and economic challenges. Next was extending central government authorities. PRTs aimed to extend the authority of the central Afghan government to various provinces. By engaging with local leaders and communities, PRTs sought to strengthen the presence and influence of the central government, promoting a unified and stable government structure. Establishing Stability and Security One of the key functions of PRTs was to contribute to the establishment of stability and security in their designated areas. This involved working on security sector reform, supporting local law enforcement, and implementing measures to reduce the threat of insurgencies or internal conflicts. Next, enabling reconstruction. PRTs played a crucial role in facilitating reconstruction efforts. This encompassed a range of activities, from infrastructure development to humanitarian assistance. By actively participating in reconstruction projects, PRTs aimed to contribute the overall rebuilding of communities affected by conflict. Next, engaging local Afghan leadership. PRTs were designed to work closely with local Afghan leaders, fostering dialogue and collaboration. This approach aimed to build trust and cooperation between international forces and the Afghan population, ensuring that stabilization efforts were aligned with the needs and aspirations of the local community. Conducting intelligence collection. PRTs were involved in intelligence gathering, particularly human intelligence. This information was not only crucial for ensuring the security of the PRT itself, but also contributed to broader efforts, including the identification of targets related to Taliban or Al-Qaeda, contributing to creating a safe and secure environment. PRTs were tasked with monitoring reform activities, facilitating negotiations to defuse tension, and assisting in the development of the Afghan National Army and police. This comprehensive approach aimed to create a safe and secure environment conducive to long-term stability. In summary, the overarching goal of the PRTs was to take a multifaceted and localized approach to stabilization, reconstruction, and security in Afghanistan, recognizing the unique challenges and dynamics present in different provinces. Provincial reconstruction teams embraced the multi-agency approach that brought together representatives from various organizations to address the complex challenges in Afghanistan comprehensively. The collaboration efforts of these diverse entities were aimed at achieving the overarching goals of stability, reconstruction, and security. The key components of the multi-agency approach to PRTs included civilian organizations. PRTs integrated civilian organizations such as the United States Agency for International Development and the United Nations Assistance Mission in Afghanistan. These organizations played pivotal roles in humanitarian assistance, development, and coordination of civil military efforts. Non-governmental organizations, or NGOs, were actively involved in PRT initiatives, contributing to the various aspects of reconstruction and development. Their expertise in areas such as healthcare, education, and infrastructure development complemented the military and government efforts. 
Security sector integration representatives included representatives focused on security sector integration. This involved working closely with Afghan security forces to enhance their capabilities, train personnel, and improve coordination between military and civilian entities. Collaboration with local security forces helped establish stability and security within the provinces, aligning efforts with the overarching goal of extending the central government's authority. Intelligence Collection Purities incorporated intelligence collection capabilities, with a particular emphasis on human intelligence. This multi-agency approach to intelligence gathering contributed to a comprehensive understanding of local dynamics, potential security threats, and the identification of targets related to insurgent groups. PRTs utilized surveillance assets to monitor and assess the security situation in designated provinces. This technological component enhanced situational awareness and supported the decision-making process. PRTs included capacities for information operations and psychological operations. These elements were crucial for shaping perceptions, countering propaganda, promoting positive narratives to win the support of local populations. PRTs also had contracting capabilities to facilitate and manage reconstruction projects. This involved working with local contractors and businesses to promote economic development and contribute to the overall stability in the region. The multi-agency approach recognized the interconnected nature of stabilization efforts, emphasizing collaboration, coordination, and synergy among military, civilian, and international entities. PRTs aimed to address not only the immediate security concerns, but also the root causes of instability, fostering sustainable development and governance. Canada strategically navigated its role in Afghanistan during Operation Athena, initially viewing it as a secondary effort within the context of broader international operations. As the mission unfolded, Canada grappled with the security challenges, contemplating roles in Iraq and Afghanistan simultaneously and faced internal complexities considering ISAF lead status. Ambassador David Wright's announcement in 2003 marked a pivotal moment, revealing Canada's nuanced approach and made Iraq-related considerations and setting the stage for its significant contribution to ISAF. In seeking NATO partners to lead ISAF, Canada acknowledged its limitations and engaged in diplomatic efforts to secure lead nations. However, challenges arose from nations hesitant to commit forces, reflecting diverse national priorities within the NATO alliance. The influence of Iraq loomed large in the Canadian planning with considerations spanning military commitments to post-conflict contributions. The emergence of the PRTs showcased a multi-agency approach to stabilize Afghanistan's provinces, addressing root causes of instability. Throughout this chapter, the persistent influence of Iraq, nuanced decision-making amid competing priorities, and the emergence of PRTs underscores Canada's dynamic and adaptive approach to international engagements. A nation navigated intricate geopolitical landscapes, balanced competing commitments, and embrace multi-agency strategies, reflecting a commitment to contributing meaningfully to the stabilization and reconstruction of Afghanistan. Canada faced a complex dilemma in determining its role in the PRTs as part of its involvement in Afghanistan. The decision-making process was intricate, driven by a combination of military capabilities, resource constraints, and strategic considerations. One of the primary challenges was the evaluation of Canada's military capabilities or the focus on specialized forces necessary for leading or significantly contributing to PRTs. The assessment revealed limitations, particularly in the availability of specialist forces, which posed a challenge in taking on a leadership role. 
Resource limitations, both in personnel and equipment, played a crucial role in shaping Canada's dilemma. Committing to a PRT required not only skilled personnel for various roles, but also specific assets like helicopters for casualty evacuation. These resource constraints influenced the extent to which Canada could engage in PRTs, leading to a careful balancing act between operational commitments and available resources. Additionally, the consideration of an exit strategy from the International Security Assistance Force commitment in Kabul added complexity to the decision-making process. The idea of engaging in PRTs as a potential transition reflected a strategic approach to gradually shifting focus while contributing meaningfully to reconstruction efforts. In the broader context, Canada's dilemma underscored the challenge of balancing short-term and long-term objectives in Afghanistan, requiring a nuanced strategy to navigate the evolving security dynamics and contribute to the stability in the region. Canada's approach to Afghanistan highlighted the intricate balance required between military and civilian efforts in complex conflict environments. The emergence of provincial reconstruction teams underscored the need for a comprehensive strategy that integrated both military and civilian components to address a multifaceted challenge in Afghanistan. Canada's dilemma in leading or contributing to PRTs reflected a recognition of the importance of synchronized military-civilian efforts in stabilization and reconstruction. The delicate balance was evident in the composition and objectives of the PRTs, which brought together military, diplomatic, and development elements. The teams aimed not only to address immediate security concerns, but also to engage in reconstruction, governance, and community development. Canada's consideration of PRTs as part of its Afghanistan strategy reflected a nuanced understanding that long-term stability required a collaborative approach. The emphasis on a multi-agency model within PRTs involving representatives from non-governmental organizations, development agencies, and security forces, illustrated the recognition that military efforts alone were insufficient for sustainable progress. This delicate balance between military and civilian dimensions became a cornerstone of Canada's evolving strategy in Afghanistan, emphasizing the interconnectedness of security and development in conflict zones. Afghanistan became a focal point for Canada due to a confluence of geopolitical, strategic, and security considerations. Initially, the aftermath of 9-11 attacks prompted international efforts, including Canada, to combat terrorism and address the instability in Afghanistan. The country served as a haven for terrorist organizations, notably al-Qaeda, under the Taliban regime. Canada's commitment to the global war on terror and its desire to contribute to the international security played a pivotal role in directing attention toward Afghanistan. Moreover, Afghanistan's strategic importance in the context of the broader war on terror and regional stability influenced Canada's decision-making. The evolving security situation, characterized by insurgency and ethnic tensions, posed a threat not only to Afghanistan, but also to the stability of the broader region. Canada, as a NATO member, recognized the need for a collective response to address the complex challenges in Afghanistan. The focus on Afghanistan was further accentuated by the nuanced considerations amid Iraq-related deliberations. Canada's commitment to Afghanistan, particularly its role in leading the International Security Force, and subsequent contributions to the provincial reconstruction teams demonstrated a strategic imperative to engage in the multifaceted efforts required for stability, security, and reconstruction in the region. As Canada increasingly prioritized its commitment to Afghanistan, the plan to reduce commitments elsewhere was characterized by a strategic realignment of the resources and a phased withdrawal from other international missions. Recognizing the strain on its military resources and a need to focus on the mission in Afghanistan, Canada strategically planned to disengage from several ongoing operations in different parts of the world. 
The Canadian military intended to withdraw its forces from missions such as the NATO-led Stabilization Force in Bosnia, the United Nations Disengagement Observer Force on the Golan Heights, and various operations in Africa. This decision stemmed from the acknowledgement that sustaining multiple overseas commitments was logistically challenging and financially burdensome. By reducing or eliminating involvement in these missions, Canada aimed to free up some resources, both in terms of personnel and budget, and redirect them towards the critical mission in Afghanistan. This strategic shift reflected a prioritization of efforts, with Afghanistan becoming the primary focus of Canada's international commitments, aligning with its overarching goals to contribute to regional stability and prevent Afghanistan from relapsing into a failed state. The SML criteria in the context of Canada's involvement in Afghanistan refers to the three categories used to evaluate and prioritize potential military operations. Each category represents a different level of commitment and resources. S are small. Small operations involve a limited commitment of resources, both in terms of personnel and equipment. These are typically low-intensity missions with a focus on specialized capabilities. The S category is suitable for operations that do not require significant deployment of forces. Medium or M. Medium operations represent a moderate level of commitment, involving a more substantial deployment of personnel and resources. These missions are characterized by a higher intensity and may require a more extended duration of engagement. The M category is appropriate for operations that demand a more robust military presence and capability. L or large. Large operations require substantial commitment of resources, including a significant deployment of personnel, equipment, and financial investment. These missions are typically complex, high-intensity endeavors, and may involve long-term engagement. The L category is applicable to operations where a comprehensive and sustained military presence is necessary. The SML criteria provide a framework for decision-makers to assess the scale and scope of potential military engagements allowing for a nuanced and strategic approach based on the specific requirements and objectives of each operation. In the context of Canada's involvement in Afghanistan, these criteria likely guided the government and military planners in determining the size and nature of the Canadian contribution to various phases of the mission, from the initial commitment to leading the International Security Assistance Force in Kabul, the considerations of the provincial reconstruction teams and other operations. Canada's approach to military engagements, particularly in the context of Afghanistan, was characterized by meticulous planning that involved careful consideration of various factors and commitment to addressing challenges proactively. The planning process demonstrated a comprehensive understanding of the complexities involved in international missions and a strategic approach to achieving specific objectives. One key aspect of Canada's meticulous planning was its assessment of capabilities and limitations. Planners recognized the importance of aligning mission requirements with available resources, including personnel, equipment, and logistical support. This realistic evaluation allowed Canada to identify capability gaps and take steps to address them, ensuring a more effective and sustainable contribution to the mission. Moreover, the planning process reflected a nuanced understanding of geopolitical considerations. Canada navigated internal and external challenges, including considerations related to its role in Iraq, evolving NATO dynamics, and the deliberate balance between military and civilian efforts. The decision-making process involved consultations with key stakeholders, both within the government and international partners, highlighting a commitment to collaborative decision-making. Overall, Canada's meticulous planning demonstrated a commitment to strategic foresight, adaptability, and a thorough consideration of the mission's political, military, and humanitarian dimensions. This approach aimed to ensure that Canada's contributions were well-calibrated, impactful, and aligned with the broader objectives of regional stability and conflict resolution. 
During the planning phase for Canada's involvement in Afghanistan, several critical capability gaps came to light, posing significant challenges to the mission's execution. One of the foremost gaps pertained to medical capabilities. With an urgent need identified for a Rural 3-level hospital, this type of medical facility, equipped with surgical capability, was deemed essential for providing comprehensive medical support, particularly in addressing casualties and ensuring the well-being of deployed personnel. Another noteworthy gap revolved around the casualty evacuation helicopters. The absence of dedicated helicopters for effectively evacuating casualties presented a substantial operational challenge. Quick and effective evacuation is paramount in military operations, underscoring the necessity for suitable helicopters capable of facilitating this critical aspect of mission support. Furthermore, the planning process identified a shortfall in battalion-sized headquarters for one of the V battle groups stationed in Kabul. This gap emerged as other contributing nations had provided only infantry companies, emphasizing the need for additional headquarters personnel to fulfill the operational requirements. Logistical support for Kabul International Airport emerged as another critical gap. Maintenance and protection of the airport, serving as a lifeline for ISAF, required technical troops and a nearly battalion-sized force. Lastly, the ISAF headquarters needed a dedicated security company for its protection underlining the significance of security considerations in the mission. These capability gaps emphasize the intricacies involved in coordinating with other NATO member countries to address these shortfalls comprehensively and ensure the success of the mission in Kabul. The identification and subsequent mitigation of these gaps underscored the meticulous nature of the planning process and the challenges inherent in orchestrating complex international military operations. Canada's commitment to the Afghanistan mission involved both short-term and long-term strategic planning. In the short term, Canada took a leadership role in the Kabul Multinational Brigade as part of the International Security Assistance Force. The initial commitment included providing a battalion and brigade headquarters to ISAF in the summer of 2003. However, Canada's participation as the lead nation in ISAF was set for a one-year duration, reflecting a deliberate and finite commitment to this specific role. Simultaneously, there was recognition of the need for a more extended and suitable contribution to the broader efforts in Afghanistan. As NATO considered taking over the provincial reconstruction teams outside of Kabul and expanding its presence throughout the country, Canada strategically planned for a potential transition. The idea was to shift from the ISAF lead role to a more long-term commitment with a focus on PRTs, particularly as a way to contribute positively to the reconstruction and stability of Afghanistan. This approach showcased Canada's nuanced and adaptive strategy aligning short-term engagements with its broader and enduring commitment to the region. In essence, Canada's commitment was not confined to a piecemeal approach. Instead, it involved a deliberate orchestration of roles, with the initial lead in ISA paving the way for sustained contributions, especially through the evolving concept of provincial reconstruction teams. This multifaceted strategy aimed to prevent Afghanistan from relapsing into a failed state and demonstrating Canada's willingness to play a significant and strategic role in the stabilization and reconstruction of the country. The text outlines Canada's intricate decision-making process regarding the involvement in the provincial reconstruction teams in Afghanistan. Grappling with the challenges related to military capabilities, resource constraints, and strategic contributions, Canada faces limitations in specialized forces crucial for leading or significantly contributing to PRTs prompting a delicate balance between operational commitments and available resources. The text underscores the evolving nature of conflict dynamics, necessitating a nuanced strategy that integrates both military and civilian efforts for long-term stability. As Afghanistan gains strategic importance for Canada, a shift in focus is evident 
with plans to reduce commitments elsewhere, marking a genesis of Operation Athena. This strategic realignment involves a phased withdrawal from various international missions, reflecting a prioritization of efforts to allocate resources for the critical missions in Afghanistan. The meticulous planning process is emphasized, including the application of the SML criteria for evaluating military operations and addressing critical capability gaps. This multifaceted approach illustrates Canada's commitment to contributing to the regional stability while navigating the complexities of international missions during a pivotal period in the 2000s. In this chapter of Operation Athena, Canada undergoes a strategic evolution in its approach to Afghanistan. Initially regarding the mission as secondary, the narrative unfolds as Canada grapples with complex considerations, navigating security challenges and contemplating simultaneous roles in Iraq and Afghanistan. Ambassador David Wright's announcement in 2003 marks a pivotal moment, revealing Canada's nuanced approach in setting the stage for significant contributions to ISAF. Facing challenges in securing NATO partners, the influence of Iraq persists in Canadian planning, reflecting a delicate balance between military and civilian efforts. The emergence of the PRTs introduces a multi-agency approach, prompting international debates on Canada's capacity to lead or contribute. As PRTs evolve, Canada faces a dilemma, emphasizing the delicate balance of military and civilian efforts. Afghanistan becomes a focal point, prompting a strategic realignment with plans to reduce commitments elsewhere, marking the genesis of Operation Athena. The meticulous planning involves addressing capability gaps and adopting the SML criteria, showcasing Canada's commitment to a comprehensive and sustainable mission in Kabul. The chapter concludes with Canada's commitment to lead ISAF for a year, setting the stage for a deliberate pause, reassessment, and preparation for future engagements beyond the immediate horizon. Throughout the narrative, Canada unveils intricate decision-making, highlighting a nuanced adaptive strategy in navigating the complexities of international operations in the early 2000s. As the intricate dance of diplomacy and military strategy unfolds in Operation Athena, Canada finds itself at the crossroads of international commitments and strategic foresight. The chapter navigates the labyrinth of decision-making, revealing a nation grappling with the complexities of global conflicts and its role within them. From initial perceptions of Afghanistan as a secondary effort, the nuanced considerations of contributing to ISAF and the emergence of PRTs, Canada's trajectory reflects a careful balancing act in the rapidly evolving geopolitical landscape. The strategic acumen of Canadian planners becomes evident as they maneuver through the logistical challenges internal capacity constraints, diplomatic intricacies. The commitment to lead ISAF in Kabul for a year, followed by a deliberate pause, unveils a forward-thinking approach, hints at a broader vision for the Canadian Army's involvement in Afghanistan, emphasizing a commitment beyond immediate terms. Its deliberate strategy not only reflects the pragmatic realities and resource constraints, but also showcases Canada's commitment to preventing Afghanistan from becoming a failed state, a potential breeding ground for terrorist activities. In this chapter, Operation Athena paints a vivid picture of a nation adapting to an ever-changing tides of international relations. Canada's commitment to stability in Afghanistan emerges not as a fleeting engagement, but as a carefully orchestrated symphony, each note representing a strategic move in a larger, ongoing composition. As the story unfolds, it leaves us with the anticipation of how these early decisions will ripple through time, shaping Canada's enduring role in the complex tapestry of global security. In our next episode, we will delve into Chapter 4, Calm, Not Stable, where it focuses on the intricate challenges faced in the constitutional loyal jirga in Afghanistan. The passage emphasizes the complexity of balancing the interests of different ethnic groups, 
particularly addressing the concerns of the Pashtuns, a significant ethnic community. Imperfect nature of the constitutional proceedings reflects the difficulties in achieving consensus among diverse factions, each with its historical grievances. The dynamics between Pashtuns and other ethnic groups, coupled with the perceptions of the Taliban as a Pashtun movement, add layers of complexity to the negotiations. Meanwhile, Canadian soldiers and their Afghan counterparts contribute to patrolling in challenging terrains and harsh winter conditions in Kabul. The period is crucial for Afghanistan's post-conflict reconstruction, and decisions made during the Loya Jirga would have enduring implications for the country's political stability and governance. The announcement by Dr. Mojadedi regarding progress in reconciling the Constitution text signifies a step forward in the negotiating process, highlighting the ongoing efforts to shape Afghanistan's political future amidst multifaceted challenges. Until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and may the echoes of our shared history guide us forward. Thank you. On that, uh,